This is Dylan Ward, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Courier, Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. Are you kidding me? By Dylan Ward. Gets topside, Rambo scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. We had a busy week in Pro Lacrosse filled with some good news and some bad news. Uh, The PLL announced its off-season dates, with the NLL announcing its plans for a 2021 spring season have been canceled. So, uh, Adam, what should we talk about first? Good news, bad news, what are you thinking? Let's just rip the Band-Aid off, man. Let's talk about this canceled NLL season a little bit. Yeah, very unfortunate. Um, You know, we kind of got word. It it was probably the the worst-kept secret um, that the NLL wouldn't have a season. We kind of got word earlier last week. Um, you know, I shot out a tweet just saying that it was very unlikely that it was going to happen. And then the news broke the next day. Uh, but here's pretty much what happened. The NLL wanted to do a bubble tournament. They, they really were trying to, to make that work. They had plans in place. They were even working on a TV deal um, and players wanted to play. But when push came to shove, you know, they know they, they knew they wouldn't be able to get around these Canadian border restrictions. And most of their players um, are from Canada, but some live in the U S some of their players are American. Again, the teams, you know, are based all throughout both Canada and the U.S., um, but pretty much what it came down to is people crossing the border would have to quarantine, uh, whether visas would have get, gotten approved, you know, were up in the air. That's kind of what they ran into last year as well, um, and it's simple that, you know, a lot of these players aren't full-time lacrosse players, and it would have cost them money to, to leave their full-time jobs for a couple weeks to not only quarantine, but then play in this tournament, which sounded like it was going to be either a week or a long weekend um, so that's pretty much what happened. You know, it's, it's very unfortunate, but I, I, you know, want people to realize like the NLL was trying to put something in place. They didn't announce yep. their April start date um, without an intention of actually, you know, putting this in motion. And they actually tried It just, you know, didn't work out. So what are your thoughts on, on the move, Adam? Yeah, it's just, it's just a shame. It's tough for, for everyone in the league offices that, that were working diligently to try and, and pull this off. It's a shame for the players who, won't be able to play this year. And it's obviously a shame for the the fans who won't be able to see their squads pet play. But, um, you know, I think ultimately it was the right decision for, for the league going forward. Uh, now we're reset, right. And got looking forward to a, a normal schedule going forward. This will, you know, alleviate some, some things thinking of uh, on the brighter side of things, you know, people were worried uh, were players going to have to choose between the PLL uh, and the NLL, right. The, kind of with that overlap now that won't be happening and, and players will be able to play in, uh, in both going forward, but definitely a tough situation, but I think it was the right move. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, for some people that I saw some comments where, you know, the NLL was weak for doing this and, they weren't trying and all this stuff. And I don't think people realize like the NLL is in a unique spot. They're not as big as the NHL where they can kind of, you know, have their players be isolated um, in either Canada or the U S and do these Canadian and American divisions. I mean, it's, you know, most of the players are Canadian. So even the ones on American teams are from Canada. So it's just, that wouldn't really have worked, especially again, these players have full-time jobs, most of them. And then they're not small enough where they're like a PLL or, you know, an NWHL where they can kind of have this bubble tournament 
um, without ramifications. They have a lot of players from all over. Um, it, you know, it's a big overhaul to have 13 teams, soon to be 14 teams. So, you know, I think it was the right decision. And I, I think you can't fault the NLL for trying. Um, but I think they saw the writing on the wall and that it just wasn't going to be feasible. And they decided to focus on this upcoming season. It's disappointing. You know, we haven't seen, um, you know, live lacrosse, you know, it'll be over a year now once March hits um, and it won't be until this next fall and we see live box professional box lacrosse. So um, unfortunate, right decision. It'll be interesting, you know, to find out how it affects one year deals that people sign or really deals at all. um, And whether these, these deals that these players sign kind of, carry over uh to this next season or if this year does count at all um i I anticipate them carrying over because no one really foresaw this happening but um that is something we will be monitoring uh closely but some good news the league is not in danger of folding guys i mean it's it's not a sign that the league is in trouble i don't think if anything i think the league is able to save a little bit of money here um it's unfortunate for the players people in the front office um and you know obviously people at these arenas that rely on this income that's definitely something that's disappointing but um, I don't think the league is in that bad of financial shape at all. I think they're in great shape. Um, they're going to announce a 15th team pretty soon. Uh, and if I was a betting man, I would put my money all in on Vegas being the next spot. Um, that's just what we've been hearing again, you know, not official yet, but all, all roads are leading that it will be Las Vegas will be the 15th team. And then they're going to announce a 16th team in the coming years as well. So they're in good shape. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about the, the state of the league. Um, and, you know, hopefully they are able to get things in order and we're, hopefully with vaccinations rolling out and hopefully the world returning to, to normal relatively soon, we should be good for next fall. We'll, you know, obviously have to see how things go with that. Yeah. Um, hopefully every, all the fans will be able to come out in full force once this next season comes, you know, I feel like a lot of times w- with the pandemic, we're just waiting for, for that bright spot and, and we're waiting to have the ability to be around uh, the things we love and we'll just have to wait just a little bit longer for that to happen with the NLL. Absolutely. And, you know, barring Jeff T returning to Cornell for a fifth season, we'll, we'll be monitoring that closely, but we could see his Riptide debut next fall. And I think that's pretty exciting yep. uh, stuff for NLL fans to get, to get excited about. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Moving on to some PLL news, they announced all their off-season dates, which is really exciting. We knew that was going to come out um, pretty soon. Uh, and they, we, we knew they would get the ball rolling. It kind of matches the timeline that they followed last year, maybe a little bit later. But uh, February 9th, the waiver wire is going to start. So right around the corner, the waiver wire is going to be open. The trade window is going to be open. Um, the waiver wire will open and close. So the waiver wire is going to be open, close on February 28th. That is also when the protected player rosters are due for this expansion draft. Now, Cannons will then get to pick March 11th. Uh, you'll have Sean Cork. We'll get to, to draft his expansion team. It will be 18 players that he'll draft. Uh, and then he'll have a, another opportunity in the entry draft, which will be March 25th, as well as the other seven teams. We'll get to pick from uh, 24 MLL players. There's only going to be three rounds. Um, you know, they'll be able to pick other MLL players that maybe don't get drafted off the, the player pool and the waiver wire. Um, but that is a little bit of a low number. I was expecting maybe four rounds, but it, you know, it makes sense. These rosters aren't very big. Um, and again, it doesn't bar any of these coaches from making moves later as well with the waiver wire later, the cannons waiver wire will actually open from March 26th to 29th. So they'll be able to actually pick players before the rest of the teams will on March 30th. They'll have a couple days to do that, which is very interesting. Um, so you could see if, if there are some former cannons, uh, from the MLL that don't 
end up getting drafted, uh, they can make their way to Coach Quirk's squad. So we, sh- we should definitely be watching out for that. And then you have the college draft, 10 in the Leaf scheduled for April 6th. That is subject to change, but, you know, that's what they're eyeing right now. Um, and again, these trade that trade window will stay open until April 30th. So a lot of cool stuff hopefully going to happen. Um, but let's get kind of break down these different, these three different drafts and we'll start with the expansion draft. Uh, so some key things to note that differentiate it from last year's last year, they were only able to protect 11 players. One of them had to be a goalie and they couldn't protect more than one goalie. This year teams are able to protect 14 players and more than one goalie. If they want to, uh, 14 players, uh, and coach core can only take three players from each team. He can't take four as coach Copeland was able to do last year. So that's another difference. So you don't have to worry about one of these teams mm-hmm. getting fleeced uh, per se. I think there's going to be a little bit more continuity going into the season than there was last year, but again, there's eight teams now too. So more competition for sure. But let's talk about, I think the two teams that really benefit from this news um, and it's related to the goalie position. Archers get to keep Adam Gittleman, Andrew Adams, if they choose to, you know, I I think they will um, just based on their team makeup. I think those two goalies mean a lot to their team. And I don't think I'd see coach Bates leaving one of them unprotected again this year um, and risking them getting scooped up. But what are your thoughts? Do you think he'll do that? And, uh, and how great does it benefit, you know, these coaches that have two star goaltenders? Yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a great thing as an archers fan, obviously that, that two man uh, gaming cage worked really well for them last year. And uh, just, because of the differences styles in play, I think it kind of uh, shows just the variability and the opportunity for the archers to kind of switch things up on the opposing offense. It'll be interesting to see what coach Bates does. You know, Adam Gittleman was unprotected uh, last year for, for the archers, but with those additional couple spots, um, I could op- absolutely foresee uh, both guys sticking around in archers unis come next season. Yeah. And we're going to get into, you know, full breakdowns of who we think will get protected. But, um, you know, I think Joe Keegan put out a good article and it's kind of the consensus that me and you had, Adam, is that, um, you know, teams are going to prioritize the defense again this year. Um, You saw the whip snakes did it last year. Again, if you think Tim Muller is going to be left unprotected, you're crazy. Like (laughs) they're keeping that defensive core intact. um, And now they have a few more spots to do that. And the talent coming over from the MLO in terms of the offensive side is just, unreal you know I think not to knock any of the defenders in the league but I definitely think the better defenders were in the PLL than in the MLL um, and you know barring some star goaltenders coming over and a few polls like you know Michael Rex Road or, or Ben Randall I think you're going to see a pretty offensive heavy draft um, and some teams might you know swap out some players that you know got a lot of playing time on the sure. offensive end last year um, but we'll get into that a little bit more de- detailed when that gets closer uh, yeah. another thing we both want to talk about is great news for coach Andy Towers. Uh, many people think he's going to trade Dylan Ward and get something back in return. Who knows? He might keep both on his roster. Again, long season this year compared to last year. He could easily have them split time or, you know, go with a different on and off week approach. Again, Blaze Reardon, two-time PLL goaltender of the year. I don't know if you definitely want to put him on the bench. So we think that he will trade Dylan Ward at some point. But the nice thing for him is he can protect both of those before the expansion draft and choose to move Dylan Ward after if so if he sees fit so he doesn't have to he can maybe try to make a trade now but he can kind of wait and see has a little bit more leverage uh what do you think he'll do do you think he'll trade dylan ward before the expansion draft you think he'll keep him protected and eventually trade him or do you think he goes with uh these two goaltenders into the season 
Yeah, if if I'm Coach Towers, why not have arguably the two best goalies in the world on your squad still with that additional spot? Mm-hmm. I will say, like, just, you know, looking at what we'll obviously do a deep dive going forward, but uh, everyone keeps saying water dogs, right? Uh, they had Cipriano and Matt DeLuca in cage. Um, they used a solid pick, though, on Matt DeLuca, and, and he played well uh, kind of down the stretch for, for the Water Dogs. Uh, and then you see a, a squad like the Cannons, who obviously are in need of a goalie, right? But does Coach Quirk bring uh, his championship-winning goalie, um, Nick Morocco, over with him from the MLL? That'll be interesting to see. That's, that's one thing I know it's going off topic a little bit, but one thing I'm super excited about is to see the dynamic of, do we see a lot of Cannons? back with coach Quirk, mm-hmm. you know, he obviously he had tons of success uh, last year with them in the MLL uh, or, or is it, you know, a fresh team, you know, you, every year you draft new in fantasy, right. And you don't necessarily have to stick with allegiances. I think we'll see a number of, of cannons back on the squad, but um, it'll certainly be interesting to see me. I, I would have the two best goalies since there's those three additional spots to for holds this year, but I certainly could see there to be, strong value in a, in a trade for one of the best goalies in the world. Yeah, no, and I, I don't think you move him unless you get a big haul in return. Yeah. You know, um, I think their biggest need right now is face off and maybe adding another poll. So maybe you get both of those, um, you know, the, the water dogs, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if they want to, they, they had two solid face off guys last year, Drew Simino and Jake Withers. Could we see a trade where Jake Withers goes to the chaos and then, you know, Dylan Ward going to the water dogs. I think you would probably ask for a little bit more than that. Or do teams kind of sit pat and see if they can pick up one of these goaltenders in the uh, entry draft? Um, funny enough, we had a tweet about, you know, Brian Phipps, Nick Morocco, and Sean Scannoni potentially being the top three goaltenders coming over from the MLL. And uh, someone who liked that tweet was Andy Copeland. So <laughs> is Andy Copeland eyeing up uh, Sean Scannoni? I, I don't know, you know, or, or any of those goalies. Um, it certainly would make sense for him to add another one up to his roster and create some competition, but sure. you know, that's the stuff we're going to have to wait and see. Um, and I think you might see some teams hesitant to, to pull some big trades off before the expansion draft and before the entry draft. I think you'll kind of see them wait and see and, and then determine after this entry draft where sure. their needs are. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too. We haven't, there's only been two seasons, right? We haven't seen a change in a goalie as a starter yet. Right. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm so interesting to see when when that change would happen you know the archers have a two two uh, goalie style atlas have Kincannon, chaos have the goal of the year um and you know going from there just no goalies ha- have lost their starting spots up to this point in the league mm-hmm. uh it'll be interesting to see um how quick of a trigger um coaches have to make that switch um if that time arises with how how strong the goalie position is and how little spots there are uh to fill no, absolutely. And that's why I think, you know, you might see Coach Towers hold on to Dylan Ward. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of like in NHL, you know, you have a bunch of goaltenders. You kind of want to have that those two goalies just in yeah. case someone has an off day. And and right now, honestly, if I'm a team, unless I have a Kincannon or Blaze or Burnlore, you know, I think there's possibilities to upgrade a goaltender. You know, I, not that to knock any of those other goalies, but, um, you know, there could be some moves made that, teams want to upgrade a goaltender maybe you know a little bit of a goaltender carousel as well um kind of like you see right now in the nfl with the quarterback carousel you know a lot of people are in on watson and really to make moves stafford going to la you know is stafford you know better than some of these other quarterbacks i i think you know sometimes it comes down to what teams want 
And I think that's what you might see in the PLL going forward is, you know, none of these goaltenders are bad, but are you going to see a change just for change sake? It, it could happen. Sure. And then when we go into the entry draft, we kind of hit on that a little bit. Uh, the way that will work is it's going to be an unweighted lottery other than the cannons. The cans will pick first in each of those three rounds, every other team, there's going to be a lottery for those picks. Now, whether that lottery is going to be determined, um, for each round or all rounds together, whether, you know, let's say, let's say the Redwoods get that second pick. Are they going to have that second pick first, second and third round? We don't know. Um, I would prefer if they just did a lottery for each round. Um, that way it kind of varies each, each round what, what teams pick. Um, but that's another interesting thing and that's going to be unweighted. So last year, you know, the water dogs had the highest amount of, uh, of uh, lottery balls, and this year, the Cannons are just going to get that first pick overall. But the other lottery balls were weighted. This year, it's not going to be the case. Whipsnakes won the championship last year. They could easily get that number two pick. They have just a good, great a chance as another team like the Atlas do. So that's going to be really interesting. And uh, But I think we can kind of put, you know, I think everyone saw that Lyle Thompson's most likely going to be number one with the Cannons. They were just waiting to see what the this uh, entry draft, how it was going to work. And I think we can kind of put that to rest. Uh, I would be shocked if Lyle Thompson is not a cannon, um, you know, again, could, could not happen, but I really, really think he's one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world. And I think it would be foolish for the cannons not to select him. So, you know, you can start pre-ordering your Lyle Thompson cannon jerseys. <laughs> Coach Quirk saw enough of him last year, last summer to, to know he's probably the right choice. I'm sure he'll be happy to have him on his side as opposed to facing him um, like he did in the MLL. And then moving on finally to our college draft order, this is where things get a little hazy. Um, you know, we actually reached out to the PLL for comment on, on the order and they gave us a good, uh, you know, good reasoning behind the order because things got a little tricky. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but let's kind of get into how this order will work. So the draft order was determined by the final tournament rankings, not record after group play. That was made known beginning of the championship series. So people saying, ah, oh, it's rigged towards the Atlas who will hold this number one pick uh, that's not the case. They put out the rules. Atlas finished last in this uh, tournament. Um, sorry, Chaos fans. I know you went 0-4 <laughs> in group play, but you made it all the way to second in, as runner-up in the tournament. So you get to pick sixth as opposed to first in this draft. But let's kind of go over the order and kind of explain, because I know a lot of people were a little bit confused. Um, so the way the order is going to work is Atlas have number one pick, Water Dogs have second pick, Chrome have three, Redwoods have four, Archers have five, Chaos have six, Whipsnakes have seven, and Cannons have eight. Now, the Cannons will pick in a snake order, so they'll have the first pick in round two, uh, eighth pick in round three, and first pick in round four. That's how it will work. Then the order relatively stays the same, except for some of these trades. So when I looked at it, a lot of the trades were reflected in this order, except for round three. Round three, I was a little bit confused because what I thought should have happened was going off the pick that uh, came in the Romar Dennis trade, pretty much the Chrome traded Romar Dennis and one of their picks that they had acquired from the Redwoods in the Westberg trade to Atlas and got Atlas's pick in return for their third round. Then they flipped that Atlas pick to the chaos in return for Mac Audette. So what should have been the order in round three based on that and what was announced would be the chaos would pick first in the spot of Atlas. Water Dogs would stay at second. Chrome would pick at three at their original pick. And then Atlas would pick at four, which was originally the Redwoods pick from the Westberg trade that was moved around so often. That's how things would have worked out if they had followed that format. 
Now we reached out to the PLL because that's obviously not the case. The round three order is Atlas one, Wardogs two, Chaos three, Chrome four, and then as follows. So the way they did it, which is completely valid response. Um, I don't agree with it. I think they should have just followed the picks and the way they were traded, but they said that the two clubs that had five picks before COVID, which were chaos and Chrome received a fifth pick in the draft. Two clubs that had three picks before COVID Redwoods and archers lost that fourth pick in the college draft. Three clubs that had four picks, water dogs, whip snakes, and Atlas, regardless of whether those picks were involved in a trade were considered neutral and were simply awarded 2021 PLL college draft slots based on their finish at the PLL championship series. Now that's how they did it. Um, my thing with that would be that's all that they just listed there would have still made sense and been the same had they just keep kept that order based on how the picks were traded. So that's where I'm kind of like, why did they even bother not having that order be correct? And it kind of adds a little bit of fuel to the fire that Paul's rigging it for the Atlas. Now, is that the case? No, I don't think Paul Rabel even nope. has anything to do with this order. Um, I really think that's a, a dumb argument that people keep bringing up, but it definitely, the perception sometimes is reality. And that's the perception right now is that they did that. And again, that's not what happened. This is the, the rules that they put in place. I don't like it. But that's what happened. Take the tinfoil hats off, people. It's yes. that's not the case. That's not the case. But what are your thoughts on kind of them doing this? I mean, it, it, it doesn't look good for the league, honestly, when you're kind of going back and changing the rules a little bit. I mean, and it, it wouldn't have really changed much at all. The order would have changed only by four different picks in one round, um, you know, with the Atlas moving down three picks, Chaos moving two, and Chrome moving one. It really wouldn't have changed that much. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? this uh what they this the specification that we received yeah i like i i didn't have like that big of an issue with it to be honest with you with with, with the round it's coming in if if it had been earlier in the draft maybe i i would have uh been a double take i just think you know we, we've talked in the past we'd love to see uh just more openness with with details about these types of things the league's been um awesome with a lot of stuff but just sometimes we love to fans with this league in particular, they have just love specific so much that everyone's diving into the nitty gritty uh, and having a little bit more detail earlier on in the process, just so these questions don't, don't arise probably would be something that's benefit uh, to the league. And obviously it would create more awesome content with, with details and, mm-hmm. uh, and those types of things. So yeah, not, not a big deal to me, to be honest with you. I know you were uh, more particular uh, about it, obviously, but I feel like that's our yin and yang, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was more particular because I actually went through and tracked all these picks and I, yep. you know, discovered that it didn't follow suit. And I was a little annoyed because I feel like it's a little lazy on their part to not, you know, track these picks. And it really wasn't that hard to track. Again, I, I mentioned how, it would have shaked out and how um, the order really doesn't change that much. So maybe I'm making a mountain out of a millhill because the order doesn't change that much. But in my mind, it's like, if it doesn't change that much, why even have it be different at all? But again, this was the rationale. They probably came up with this rationale before they actually saw how it shaked out. Um, I don't think it will have that big of an impact, but this is a really deep college draft. So if Atlas get a guy that, you know, let's say the Chrome or chaos probably could have used, um, before they do in round three, then, you know, you, you might have some qualms, but fuel we'll to the fire, to baby, that. fuel to the fire, never a bad thing, never a bad thing at all. But uh, yeah, that that's the college draft order. Again, really deep draft. I mean, you're going to see guys like Michael Sowers, Mac O'Keefe, um, JT Giles Harris, Jared Bernhardt, the list goes on with guys that are, you know, potentially going to make the jump to the PLL this summer. Um, 
we're really excited to see. Uh, TD Ireland went number one overall in the MLL draft. Looks like he might be transferring to Denver. That's what the reports have been. He hasn't done that yet. But, um, you know, that, that's another guy that's going to be hot commodity in this league, uh, you know, and the Atlas already have Trevor Baptiste. So, you know, I, I think they'll probably go offense or defense route. I mean, with the number one pick, we'll get into discussions about that a little bit later, but yeah, very interesting we, to see what they do with that number one pick. Yeah. And we haven't, and we talked at nauseum about goalies already. We haven't talked about any college goalies coming out like Drake Porter. So uh, just something to think about going forward. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, yeah, you know, so we're definitely looking forward to that. We'll have a lot of content surrounding these upcoming drafts. We also have some big announcements on the LPG side as well. Uh, we are producing a new podcast for Lacrosse Playground Network, and it will not feature us as hosts. So if you don't like us, um, <laughs> if you don't like us, you're probably not listening to this anyway. But um, we do have a new podcast coming out. Atlas assistant coach and Syracuse legend, Uncle Ricky, uh, Rick Beardsley, will be hosting a podcast on our network. It will be called Takeaways with Rick Beardsley, and that will be debuting later this month. So we're really excited about that, getting that going. Um, if you haven't listened to Rick Beardsley before, he is a big ball of energy and a ton of fun. Um, if you saw any of the mic'd up segments the PLL did, you're in for a treat for sure for this podcast. So definitely uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, and then also on the LPG side, we have uh, some gear reviews coming yep. out now. Uh, first gear review on our site by Tom Ledeen of Red Star Lacrosse. You'll recognize him from past gear reviews as well as uh, the TLN series, Will It String, that he yep. did a few years back. So we're happy to have him on the Lacrosse Playground Network doing gear reviews for us as well. His first one was on total uh his first one was on level lacrosse and their equipment that they just launched and then uh you know we also have matt from hershey dice who's going to do his tuesday tie-ups from our instagram account he'll do it ig live um every tuesday so be on the lookout as well for that yeah and we also have a lot of great guests coming up like chaos lsm troy ray au's attacker michelle tumo that was an awesome conversation and then perhaps the biggest guest uh in the history of the show who will remain nameless at this time uh but definitely excited uh about our upcoming guests and you'll definitely want uh to smash that subscribe button and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show thus far yeah for sure definitely want to stay tuned uh some some big guests coming on the show for sure uh, but that's a wrap from us. Uh, again, we appreciate everyone tuning in, and uh, we hope you tune in next time too for Lacrosse Talk.